I'm very known for saying we're all erotic snowflakes. And then there's this really interesting thing, anal massage, which may make some people tense up. Getting into touch with your own sexual energy before you want to go share it with other folk. We're all starting to be a little bit more aware of how trauma is stored in the body. Come on. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, Maya. Nice to be on the show. We're going to talk about some things that are nice as well as naughty. Yes, well. always. We're making the naughty nice. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All about our pleasure. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I mentioned a little earlier why we're going through embodiment today is because we had a question on the text line a few weeks back from ba- uh, Gary in Pendle Hill that we didn't get to, but Gary, we're getting to now. So hopefully you're listening. Um, Gary's text to Tanya was, do you think by very religious people who take chastity teaching serious, like sex before marriage, masturbation and nudity are all wrong and shameful, uh, need enlightening sexually, including homophobia and male domination in religion? Hit us with your thoughts, Tanya. Well, this that's such a big question. I think we could do a whole episode on that question. Mm. But what I want to do is, it is going to lead us into some of the embodiment stuff. But what I want to do is just sort of, first of all, let's look at words like wrong and shameful, right? Mm. They're not really words that I would use to describe anyone or any sexual situation. And I, I think Gary's sort of hitting something on, on the nail on the head here. I think because everybody in the world is a sexual being in some way, shape or form, mm. um, then that's the one platform that people can grab hold of and try and use to control folk. By, so by making some sexual orientations or expressions or relating styles okay and others not, we're exerting control. And it seems like the church and the government are pretty good at this sort of stuff. So I also think that we need to be aware that it comes from a point in time where human beings were once nomadic and roamed around in groups on the savannah and there were no sexual limitations in those times. People had sex with many partners and it wasn't questioned. Mm. Then when we were kind of settled into land and growing crops and keeping animals, suddenly we had possessions and patriality became important. So whose children were whose in terms of inheriting the land and the beasts? Mm. And interestingly, in that time, the women who bore the children had their sexual freedoms cut down. So there's where one of the myths that women don't like sex was born. It's absolutely a myth. Women like sex. They were quite into that, having sex with whoever and whomever they wanted. Um, so telling people when and how they can have sex is actually oppressive because who gets to make up those rules, right? Precisely. And in, yeah, exactly right. The last couple of episodes we talked about systemic oppression and how that boils down to shaming people's bodies and how they look. And here it is showing up again. We're kind of shaming nudity and that's really shaming people for their own bodies. And from where I'm standing, all bodies are natural and normal. Um, there's nothing wrong with a, na- a naked body. And we come in all shapes and sizes, colours, orientations we have preferences like i'm very known for saying we're all erotic snowflakes right <laughs> that weren't celebrating not making some snowflakes okay and mm. cutting some down to try and fit into positions that don't really work for them i hope that helps gary so i don't want to shame people for being you know bad and wrong but i do want to sort of introduce the ideas that all of us are absolutely entitled to being naked, being intimate and doing things in a way that works for us. 
Yeah, big shout out, Gary. Thank you so much for texting yeah. in. If you've got a question or any thoughts on anything going on uh, today, you can text in on 0409 945 945. Now, Tanya, please school me in somatic sexology. I've never heard of this. I don't know what it means. Teach me the ways. <laughs> Show you the ways. Well, the word somatic means working through the body, right? It's, it's working with the soma, which is a term for the body. So when we're doing somatic work, it's more about focusing on what the body is doing, what feelings are existing in the body, teaching people via their bodies. Uh, so instead of talking and intellectualizing stuff, which we all tend to like to do, it's recognizing that our body holds a lot of wisdom Things like the senses and the emotions live in our body and they are there to help us monitor our surrounds and then react in ways that will help us survive. Um, and the body keeps records of our experiences. Like we have little memories in each of the little teeny tiny weeny cells that we have in our body. Um, and they also, you know, we, we refer back to them in order to sort of keep us safe when we're having day-to-day -day experiences. Um, there's a guy called Bessel van der Kolk who's written an excellent book called The Body Keeps Score. And this, this talks all about trauma being stored in the body. And he used to be one of the big guys in psychology and psychiatry around trauma. Mm -hmm. And he changed his mind after, you know, sort of really working with lots of trauma people over 10 or 15 years, as have I. Um, so it holds this somatic approach that we can learn things by doing instead of or as well as talking about them. So when you apply somatics to sexology, it means we're going to learn via the body. So when we're taking a somatic approach, we educate clients around their bodies and sexuality through their body. And we do that by encouraging curiosity about what might you be experiencing in your body. Um, we can use exercises and experiences with the body to teach people about their responses or things that may give themselves or their partner pleasure. Right? So somatics is based, so um, somatic sexology is based in somatic way of working, tantra, Taoism, mindfulness, a whole bunch of things, but they all bring us sort of back into the body. Yeah, right. So when would you maybe suggest uh someone uses this approach what issues might um, somatic sexology help with uh, there's a there's a ton of things and there's there's a quite a bunch a different bunch of folks that you can go and see for this too there are some talk therapists like myself who um take a somatic approach so you can still talk but the focus will be on the body no touching but orienting folks towards their bodies what they're experiencing and teaching people how to listen and learn from your body because I think again living in a, a sort of patriarchal system we value very masculine traits so logic and rationale things from the neck up tend to be very valuable and things in the body and around the emotions tend to be valued less they're more feminine traits mm -hmm. um, it's a shame because we need both we need our heads to think things out but actually you know when I'm working with clients um, our bodies are much wiser than our heads because we have all our survival instincts in the body. So our bodies are sort of constantly monitoring going, okay, is there an incoming hurricane? Is there a safety tiger nearby? What do I need to be dealing with? And it's gonna, our nervous system's gonna be switching us in and out of what we need to do to survive. And that's much faster and much more accurate than our brain, which sort of says, oh, you know, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's not. What does society say? What does my mom and dad say? What did, you know, mm -hmm. the brain can convolute things a little. 
Um, and then we have touch-based services. Um, so in the case of sexological body workers, where there'd be one-way touch from a practitioner to the client. So there are very strict boundaries and protocols around how you work with a sexological body worker. It's not just lying there and being done to. It's not sex work. It's not massage. It's not a tantrika. It's, again, about educating folk about their bodies. So the kinds of things that people might seek out somatic sexology for are things like erectile functioning, ejaculatory disorders, anorgasmia, as, um, being pre-orgasmic or unable to have orgasms in certain situations, uh, wanting to learn more about your body and how you experience pleasure or wanting to learn about how to you know, give your partner pleasure or how they would experience pleasure consent, how it can keep you safe and give you more pleasure, sexual pain, scar remediation. You'd be surprised how scarring can impact on people's sexual function. Things like endometriosis, birth scarring or birth tears, surgery in the abdomen, internal injuries can all really impact people's sexual functioning. It's very, very um, complex and intricate. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does make sense the more you start to think about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it all comes in. So we learn a lot of anatomy. I, I now understand why doctors specialise because our bodies are so complex. Yeah. It's just too hard to learn the whole thing all at once. <laughs> Precisely. All right, we're going to jump into a song, but we're not going to leave on Let's Talk About Sex. So don't go anywhere after this track by BBG Smokey. There's a language warning on it. So consider yourself warned. You're in Let's Talk About Sex on FBI. BBG Smokey with guidance right there. My name's Maya Billick. I'm joined by Tanya Coons right here on Let's Talk About Sex. We ran through what somatic sexology is. So Tanya, how can we explore it through um, various practices? Like, g Give us some more info. <laughs> um, okay, so some, pro some popular somatic practices are things uh, like there's a lot of talk at the moment going on around consent. You know, I think there are many different ways of learning it. And the folks that, that I work with and teach with and I, I use myself, we're educating people about consent via their bodies. So we're teaching people how to feel into their body for what it is they actually want. Because it turns out that it's a mystery to most of us what we like sexually or what we feel like in, in the moment. So we actually need to learn that come out of the chitter chatter in our head about what we think we should be doing and learn to listen to our body and it's that's kind of a good thing to do because how can we give consent if we don't really know what we want yeah so we, we we're teaching people how to check in with their bodies and then we're giving them language to negotiate touch and boundaries so that's a really important one and becoming quite popular um you've heard me talk a little bit about orgasmic yoga and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well um, and that's basically mindful masturbation. Um, the three-minute game, that's a, that's a game designed to help you check in with your body and then learn to negotiate with your partner about the type of touch you'd like to receive or give. Um, some of the practices in uh, somatic sex therapy are Taoist erotic massage or a bossy massage. Um, so they're, 
person lying on the, the massage table, again, doesn't really get done to, but every 20 or 30 seconds, they have to say what it is they'd like to receive. And the person giving the massage actually takes their hands off after 30 seconds and waits for the next instruction. So it can feel like it's really annoying, but it's actually getting you to check into your body each time. What do I want now? Do I want more of the same? Do I want softer? Do I want lighter? Do I want firmer? So it's teaching you by doing. Um, we do something called genital mapping, which is helping people explore their genitals for what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Because again, I think a lot of us kind of accidentally stumble on ways to masturbate and then we stick to that for the rest of our life in terms of genital knowledge. But there's lots of pleasure to be had from those parts of our bodies because there's lots of um, nerve endings and really interesting places. And like I said, we're all erotic snowflakes. So what works for some won't work for other people, etc. And then there's this really interesting thing, anal massage, which may make some people tense up, but actually relaxing this part of the body will relax the entire body. Who knew, right? So there's a lot that we can do and draw on uh, just by taking these somatic practices. Damn, lots of different examples. Um, <laughs> there is also this uh, other practice that somatic sexology draws on, which is Tantra. Um, I think most people might naively or just through not knowing enough about something really uh, can associate it rather with just like a list of different sex positions to try. Can you please explain what Tantra is, Tanya? Yeah, that's, that's, boy, that's, that's almost like a how long is a piece of string question. But, <laughs> but I mean, I think somatic sexology inter, intersects with Tantra and it works on the principle of breath and intention. So what it's going to do is focus on the connection and the energy between people rather than the performance and the outcome, which is very prevalent in our culture today. Everybody seems to be in a hurry to get to penetrative acts or orgasm. Uh, this is about learning to slow down. And actually, uh, a lot of us have the motto of slow the fuck down, right? Tune into your body. What's happening with your breath? Can you use your breath to slow down? Can you use your breath to speed up? What's happening with your partner's body? What's happening with their breath? Tune into the energetic connection between the two of you. Because it's really about connection and not positions and technique. Heightening the connection between the two of you can then heighten the physical experience. And that's the connection with yourself and your body as well as you and your partner. So it can all sound a little bit woo, but um, it's actually just really letting you check in, well, what's happening in my body right now? That feels nice. Yeah, I might like a bit more of that. Or how's my partner going over there? Rather than, oh, maybe I should touch them this way. Or, you know, I read in a magazine that I should be doing this to drive them wild, right? <laughs> And Tantra also will check it. It works for people's chakras, right, which are interwoven into many different teachings from energy meridians to Taoism. And these are points in the body that link to certain emotions and the wellness of specific parts of the body, as well as different types of energy. So it does all sound a bit woo if you're not really into this stuff, but it makes sense when we're talking about them in the context of specific teachings. And you're uh, Chinese culture, Indian culture, many cultures refer back to the chakras and these energy meridians. And yeah, the more I learn about them, the more fascinating I find them and mm. do find that if we're using breath and we're, we're just checking in with our different energy points, they can really impact how you're connecting with both yourself and your partner sexually. Yeah, very true. Um, now, a little earlier, you mentioned orgasmic yoga. 
yeah. briefly. Um, can you just really quickly explain how it works? Yeah, I can. It's basically mindful masturbation using breath and movement. It's not really doing yoga. I think people think that we're running yoga classes with orgasms in it. Not so much. We're learning how to use the breath as an erotic pump. And that means help using our breath to rev us up and also to slow us down. And by doing that, we can tap into our erotic energy and explore that. Again, we're not making it performance or outcome focused. We're making it about how can I tap into my sexy feels? I'm going to, instead of taking the, the super highway to quick orgasm, I'm going to take the scenic route and be curious about what it feels like here or what if I do that or what if I take my breath up a little or what if I'm super excited and I take myself down. So different movements, different kinds of breathing. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely a wonderful way to explore your own erotic energy. There are lots of folk running workshops around on that, not at the moment because of COVID, but they will come back online. This is stuff that I teach and coach in as well, and there's a bunch of us around. Mm. Very well getting into touch with your own sexual energy before you want to go share it with other folk. Right. Very interesting stuff. Um, yeah. I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that all of these things can help us get in touch with our bodies in a way that will overall and generally improve our sexual life, no? Yeah. Well, when you think about it, if you listen to your body, you're going to learn the things that give you pleasure, right? Yeah. And if you know those things, then you're better able to advocate for your own sexual pleasure. Right? If you're lying there going, God, I hope my partner knows what I like, you've got <laughs> power in that. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I always say to people, how are you going to communicate what you want if you don't know what it is? And people look at me and they're like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. I'm like, right. And so many of us are unaware of our own arousal systems or our partners. You know, I, I speak often about um, we, we don't teach female sexual arousal or pleasure at school because it's not part of the reproductive system. It's not necessary to make a baby. So I think we really need to be educating people on how our bodies arouse. People with vulvas have a different arousal system to those with penises and it's important to understand that and then once you know how your body will arouse and how it experiences pleasure you probably you know lots of people learn it's not about quickly heading to a destination but it's about learning about and leaning into all the possibilities for pleasure in the body and there are many yeah very good point uh coming up after this next track we're going to be going through how you can develop embodiment on Let's Talk About Sex. And I want to really quickly give a shout out to Rita, who is enjoying the program. Uh, and in particular, the point that Tanya made earlier, that when women fully embrace their sexuality and sex drive, then dynamics may shift towards equality. And we have a lot more to learn and reflect on from societies on the past. Thank you, Rita, for texting in on 0409 945 945. We'll be back after this Taylor Carroll track. Taylor Carroll with I'm Not Sold right there. I'm joined by Tanya Coons on Let's Talk About Sex. We're going over uh, somatic sexology and embodiment. 
Now, Tanya, uh, recently, as you mentioned a little earlier, we've been going through uh, in more recent episodes of the show about trauma and how this approach can be helpful with dealing with trauma and healing. Let's dig in a little bit more into this. Yeah, well, I think now there's a lot of research out and we're all starting to be a little bit more aware of how trauma is stored in the body. So listening to that and learning how to work with our bodies that may have experienced trauma. And trauma is quite a prevalent thing. Like many, many, many people experience trauma. At one stage, all the powers that be that work out the the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, that is like the Bible of all psychiatric illnesses. We're thinking about taking trauma out of there because so many people have it. But, you know, I think the fight for it because it's like, no, we really need to understand what the symptoms of trauma are. So if we're going to try and heal from trauma, learning what gives us pleasure, not necessarily in the bedroom, but also outside of the bedroom is very important because traumatized bodies can uh, shut down. Uh, And there's, there's a thing called sensory motor amnesia where certain parts of the body will just turn themselves off. So they're unavailable for sensation or pleasure at all. And that will often happen if there's been something like a sexual assault or a traumatic injury or a traumatic experience. A lot of people, when they first start experimenting with sex, don't realise how their bodies work and arouse. They don't realise that certain muscles need to drop down and give way. They don't realise things need to swell and engorge. So they might be trying to do things really quickly and the body will respond in a traumatised way because it's feeling invaded. And if you have that experience once, all those little cells that have the memories ain't going to forget that and they might tighten up and flinch and sort of, yeah, make people a bit more apprehensive when they're really, really, really excited about sex and wanting to have sex with their partner. Mm. So that's one way to present. Otherwise, um, can be nightmares, can be people feeling tension in parts of their body, so muscles that clam up and don't relax. There can be trigger points, so touching in certain places could trigger a flashback because when trauma is remembered, it's not a nice little story that we tell ourselves. It's actually a felt memory. So people almost re-experience what's happened. Um, So if we're listening to the body, we can let it tell us what it wants and we can heal through movement, dance, yoga, orgasmic yoga, shaking meditations, breathing, even performance, like using our body to tell the story of and processing our trauma. And I I think we chatted about this last time. Uh, I spoke about a performance I saw at the Opera House where someone told stories but used other people to be her. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So... Yeah, learning from our body and listening to what it's telling us. So responding rather than trying to force it through and understanding quirks or funny things might be a response to stuff that's happened and being curious about what our body might need to heal that. Excellent. Now, if someone's listening and they want to start developing their embodiment skills, what's a good way to begin? Ah, okay. Good question, this one. Um, Start by meditation. If you Focus on your breath or do a body scan, you know, like, you know, what's happening on the top of my head? I'm going to scrunch that up and relax. I'm going to scrunch my forehead up and relax. Scrunch my eyebrows up and relax and my eyes and my nose. And you're paying attention all the way down from head to toe or toe to head, whatever you choose. That's a good way of just coming into your body and stopping your brain from chit-chattering all the time or taking five to 10 minutes a day to do something that will bring you into your body, like walking breathing, dancing, swimming, body scans, or even orgasmic yoga. 
right? So all of these things are going to teach you to connect in with your body. And just for the time that you're doing them, you're actually being present. I think the more present we learn how to be uh, is really good for us. It learns, helps us check in with what's actually going on. But I also think that being present is the best ingredient for good sex. Yeah. Now, just quickly before we wrap up, let's talk about sex today. We're going to put some more info up on the program page at fbiradio.com. But Tanya, if someone wants to look a little bit further into everything we've talked about today on somatic sexology, where would be a good place to start? Ah, so there are lots of um, body workers and somatic educators around the place that run workshops. I think you'll find a lot of them shut down right now because of all the COVID stuff. Um, so you can look out for workshops. Some of them are tantric, but a lot more are about embodiment, breathing, sexual communication. Just a word to the wise, check out people and facilitators' qualifications, see what they've done in the past, because there are a lot of folk out there who are like, hey, man, I'm good at sex and I'm going to run some workshops. They may not have the, the most safe environment. So look for folks' qualifications. And then there's a fantastic organisation called the Institute of Somatic Sexology that run online courses and workshops. So they're running um, twice weekly at the moment, orgasmic yoga sessions. So you can get a bit of coaching on how to do it and what to do. Um, they do training in embodied counselling. They look at um, certified uh, sexological bodywork or sex educators. We'll put their links up because they have a lot of really interesting stuff and they're kind of at the go-to folks in Australia for somatic sexology practices. Well, there you go. We'll pop everything up, like I said, at fbiradio.com. Big love to you, Tanya, for coming on today's show, as you do every fortnight. An excellent episode of Let's Talk About Sex, if I may say so myself. Totally my pleasure. And don't forget to breathe. Don't, don't forget to breathe. Yep, always a good life tip. <laughs>